are listening to U of M on your Historic Dial podcast. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6. Hi, this is Rebecca from University Archives. The title for the April 13, 1978 broadcast of Look What We Found is A Cover-Up at the Met. Met is a nickname for Metropolitan Stadium, the former home to Minnesota's professional sports teams. The stadium opened in 1956 and was demolished in 1985. It's where Harmon Killebrew hit home runs for the Twins and where Fran Tarkenton threw touchdown passes for the Vikings. The Kicks, a professional soccer team, also played in the stadium from 1976 to 1981. The introduction to this program in the Teacher's Guide states, When a Carew homer whizzes across the diamond at Met Stadium and into the stands, not many fans are thinking about why the field looks such a brilliant green under the lights. Likewise, when some fancy footwork by the Vikings or the Kicks throws up patches of sod, who puts the field back together? One thing fans probably have noticed is the enormous protective tarp that covers the field when it rains. Those are the groundskeepers who pull that out. On today's historic broadcast of Look What We Found, you'll hear from Dick Erickson, the stadium supervisor at the Met. He described the difficulties of rearranging the field to accommodate three different professional sports. Metropolitan Stadium was built before Minnesota had any professional sports teams. In the 1950s, a Metropolitan Sports Area Commission was created to oversee the construction and operation of a stadium with the potential to accommodate professional teams. A local fundraising campaign was initiated to secure the funds. Farmland was purchased in the city of Bloomington, south of Minneapolis, as the site for the stadium. On opening day, April 24, 1956, it was the Minneapolis Millers minor league baseball team that took to the field. However, Minnesotans only had to wait a few more years for professional teams to come. The Vikings played their opening game on September 17, 1961, and pulled off a victory against the Chicago Bears 37-13. The Twins lost their home opener on April 21, 1961, 5-3. Within a year after this program aired on KUOM, construction began on a new indoor dome stadium in downtown Minneapolis. The Kicks, Vikings, and Twins all played final games at Metropolitan Stadium in 1981. The stadium was demolished in 1985, and the site was replaced by the Mall of America, which opened in 1992. A Metropolitan Stadium home plate marker was placed in the flooring of the mall's amusement park to mark the spot of the original home plate. Now, let's travel back to the stadium in 1978 and listen to a cover-up at the Met. I don't believe it. (laughs) Wow! Psyched out. Look what we found! Come on, you've been sitting there far too long. Join the Minnesota School of the Air as we take a field trip in sound to some place you've probably never been, somewhere in and around the Twin Cities. And here to go with you are your hosts, Walter, Patty, and Bill. Bill, Bill, guess what I got? Tickets for the next Twins game right behind home plate. No kidding. I haven't been to Met Stadium since the Twins played last summer. I went out there last summer, too, and I brought my friend Tony Wilrishaw. We talked to Dick Erickson. Is he a baseball player? No, he's the stadium supervisor, which means he's in charge of keeping up all the grounds. That's what we talked about. Now, close your eyes, imagine it's summer, and you're standing at home plate at Met Stadium. Stuart? Roll the tape. Right now, 
it's baseball season, and as a matter of fact, there's a game today, right? Uh, that's right, Patty. And generally, what do you do ahead of time on the day before a game? What are the things that have to be done to get the field and the stadium in general ready? Well, in general, when we're talking about the uh, baseball field, we have to prepare the, the grass and the, the, the dirt area. Actually, the dirt area, which looks easy, is probably the hardest uh, part of the stadium to keep up for baseball. In other words, you're trying to make that so the ball will bounce right. And every day, that has to be watered uh, according to the weather and uh, watered heavy and, and try to get the moisture underneath it and dry on the top. So when the ball is hit to the ball players, that'll come halfway in range in them and, and uh, not surprise them or go over their head. Okay, how do you do that? I'm, you say that you've got to get the moisture underneath the dirt and it's got to be the right amount of moisture. How do you gauge the right amount of moisture and how do you get it underneath? Well, that's, uh, you have to go with the weather and if, if it's a clear day, the only way you can get it underneath, you have to soak it and you really, really put water out there for it actually sits on the top for about a half inch. But you do this in the morning, so you know, let it soak down then by noon, it gets dry on the top, then you'll nail drag this and you'll dig it up maybe about a half inch to three quarters of an inch and that dries the top of it and it also seals off the moisture underneath so at night it'll still stay moist and the ball bonds pretty true. That's what we try for. Sometimes we can't do it but we try it that way. When it rains out doesn't the dirt on the mound kinda roll off and get lower? Uh, when it rains uh, on the mound it, it's, it's a heavy clay so it really doesn't wash off or get lower. It gets very slippery, very hard to play on and then we try to, it's actually uh, when an umpire calls the game, it's probably the mound he's more concerned about because it gets so slippery so we always try to protect it when it rains by putting a tarp on it and if it does get moist it really won't wash off uh, or get lower but it, it uh, makes it very difficult to play on. Uh, the minute the umpires will call the game they'll, they'll usually they'll play a little bit in the drizzle but the minute it comes down too hard They'll take a uh, call for the tarp. The tarp is out in right field, but when that tarp is, takes two minutes for that, or about a minute and 45 seconds to come in, and in the meantime, they will cover the mound and home plate by hand with small tarps, but the infield will be covered with a tarp that's 180 feet by 180 feet, so the whole field, infield area, will be covered. Mr. Erickson doesn't just take care of the field. In a certain way, he also takes care of the players. Gene Mock is our manager now, is probably the smartest manager in baseball. I know I worked with Gene when he was a ball player in St. Paul. He was playing shortstop for us, and uh, he knows every little angle there is. And there's little tips he gives me. Uh, we had during the World Series in 1965, we had uh, Los Angeles Dodgers and a very fast team, Murray Wills. Remember, shortstop, man, he could really run. Well. They came here and we won all our games here. We went to Los Angeles and they kept their field very hard and they stole all kinds of bases against us. And so when they come back here again, they want to counteract. So what do we do in front of first base? We took and put a wheelbarrow sand. We dumped it right out there. So when Murray Wills got ready to run, he was in this loose sand. It'd just be like, you ever try to run on, on, on the beach? It's hard to run, see? And that's the way you can alter your field and that way you can, if it's too loose, it's gonna be slow, you know? And, and at the same time, if it's hard, it's going to be fast for the runners. And so you, you can kind of tailor that around a little team. It does backfire, and you, it doesn't pay to do too much of it, but you can always try to favor the home team. And generally, our field is one of the better fields in the league, but it takes a little bit longer. So a lot of times, you, you know, they'll say our field is terrible. Other times, they'll say it's great, and it won't be consistent. And generally, we try to keep it looking good, but sometimes it isn't as good as it looks. If they can win, when you have a winning team, usually everything is fine. This year, we were playing pretty good ball, and the field is fairly good. If they start losing, 
we have to take a little blame there too. How do you rearrange this field like so it's a baseball field and say there's a um, soccer game a couple days after the, this field's like this, how would you rearrange it and make it? Well like it's a uh, good question of course they all have their own rules. Tony, and we, it more or less where the lines go, and uh, if they have goal poles or uh, a lot of the kicks, they have their goalie spots and things like that. It's just a matter of putting down the different lines, and the trick of the thing is to try to use the right material so that you can kind of get it off. In other words, we'll use, we won't use a permanent paint on the field if it's a, a, a baseball game in the afternoon and maybe a soccer game at night because it's too hard to get the lines out. So we'll use probably a whiting that we can kind of wash off. And it's just a matter of, as you can see, the fellows out there today are getting ready for football. Tomorrow afternoon we have a baseball game. Tomorrow night we have a football game. That could be quite a task, though. Uh -huh. They try to prepare a little bit ahead of time. And right now they're checking out the goalposts, make sure that they can get them up in time. And because tomorrow they haven't got time in case there's something wrong. Um, say, like, would you take off the mound, like, cut it off or whatever, and then um, put side around the running bases? So uh, for for the kicks, when the kicks play, we do. We take the mound out. The mound is on a concrete play, uh, pad, and there's a steel plate underneath it. And so we go out there, and, and we have four witches, and we can crank that mound right up, and we'll roll it off with four wheels, and we'll put it over on, on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. And then we lay down maybe a piece of plywood, and we'll cover it with artificial turf. And it'll oh. be, it won't look the same as grass, but it'll, be, it'll actually have the kicks in them on it. For football, we don't really have to move the mound right away because there's just barely misses the mound. And as far as the skin area, we have to leave it dirt during the baseball season because you can't put that grass in that quick. But as soon as the baseball season is over, then we'll take all the skin area and we'll start growing grass in there for it, make it look all like a football field. Yeah. Is um, is the skin area the the brown sections where oh, the right, base runners run? Right, that's uh, what I call the skin areas, any of the dirt area, and it's uh, what's come on a 95-foot radius from the front of the mound. And it's also the base pass come from home plate. All those areas are all sodded in for football. Could you tell me a little bit specifically what you mean when you say this is one of the best fields in the league? What makes it the best or one of the best? Well, uh, first of all, we have no budget here. Uh, we can spend anything we want to keep this field as good as we possibly can. Well, it, when you don't have that handicap, in other words, you, you can put any amount of money into it. So in other words, your labor is no problem. And I think why one of our reasons why our field is one of the better ones because we have a good crew that works on it. I have a good crew under me. I can rely on them. And they're out there all the time. And they have their heart in it. And so they're always trying to improve it. And money-wise, we spend well, maybe a hundred, hundred and. Uh, 25,000, depends upon the weather, 125, maybe 150,000 if the weather was real bad. And it's, that's just uh, strictly with baseball. Maybe even with football, it can go a lot higher if you're out there shoveling a lot of snow. And uh, if the Vikings go into December and play way late in December, that's where it gets quite costly because you've got to shovel all that snow off the field by hand. And it takes a lot of men. You might put maybe 100 men out there just shoveling snow. So that can get quite costly because you can't really come out with heavy equipment because you have the tarps down and you come out with a plow, you just rip all the tarps up. So you have to do shovel that all by hand and that's where your budget can really go high. 
Patty, did Dick Erickson say he knew Gene Mock when he played baseball for St. Paul? Right. Erickson started his career of caring for ball fields in St. Paul when he was 14 years old. He goes back a long time in this business. I guess the Twins, the Kicks, and the Vikings are lucky to have him. Guess they are. Boy, we are about out of time. Okay, goodbye. Bye, kids. Later on. Producers for Look What We Found are Patty Goodwin, Bill Golfus, and Walter Brody. Join us next time for another Field Trip in Sound, brought to you by the Minnesota School of the Air. The U of M Radio on Your Historic Dial podcast is produced by University Archives for your enjoyment. Subscribe or download on iTunes or Google Play so you don't miss another moment of historic Minnesota radio. Recordings of the program series, Look What We Found, were digitized in 2016, in part with funds provided by the state of Minnesota from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund through the Minnesota Historical Society.